Well, I think I was worth waiting five years for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to a brand new episode of Battery Mates. Uh, I'm Toby here in Chicago, and I'm with me, Matthew here in London. And uh, Matthew, how are you doing right now? I'm doing much better than you are, mate. Yeah. Um, I think we should explain uh, because this is going to pop up over the next five minutes. You're currently watching the Clevelands play the uh, Minnesota Twins, and yeah. Cleveland threw away a three. Nothing lead three one lead. It was a three three one lead. <laughs> and they're now and they're now in extra innings, and you are barely paying attention to this podcast. Well, here's the thing: we we said let's record in the afternoon on Sunday, and at the time it was like, yeah, of course that works out perfectly. You know, um, it's a Sunday game. You know, maybe I'll have it on in the, in the background. Well, then the Clevelands went ahead and won the first two games of the series to even the standings. So last time we talked, we were I think three games out or something like that. And um, we fell farther back. Like, we, we fell down to four games out yes, uh, uh, earlier in the week. And, you know, we're, we've had a tough schedule. Minnesota's had a really cake schedule lately. So we, this isn't that shocking. Um, but this was a big series. And, and going in, I just wanted to split. I just wanted to end the same place where we started it, two games out. And then they won the first two games of the series and evened it up. And I'm, we're tied for first place on th- Friday night. And now you get greedy, right? You get like, I, well, like, I don't really want to end up two games back after the series. We just earned our way back into the – we fought our way back in. Um, and then to, to be up 3-1 to one in this game in the ninth inning um, and uh, barely escape the ninth inning, um, tied. So they're in extra innings right now. I'm a little distracted. Um, I also feel like the team doesn't deserve to win this game, so we've got a lot of opportunities missed. Um, and it would be a bummer not to because I, I, I think being – there's a big difference between being obviously being tied in the standings and two games out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm stressed. Well, so they say. I mean, I haven't run the numbers, but hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. First and third, nobody out. Okay, top of the 10th. Here we go. (laughs) We're we're totally going to get our podcast taken down. And Major League Baseball is like, no commenting without the express written consent. No live... No live uh, vlogging. Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah, we are we are we are recording this live, but people aren't going to be <laughs> listening to this for several days. So uh, I think we're going to be okay. Well, we, we've to got a couple of things. Wanna, there. <laughs> a couple of things that we want to uh, cover off the bat, but I'm very excited to say we've got our first uh, half-hearted attempt at empathy of the season. Um, is that it's right? Only, no, I know we did uh, is, uh, Rob. Uh, Rob. We did Rob. That was early in the season, though. I thought that was preseason. It might have been preseason. Okay. Well, we've technically got, season four. First, it was still season four. We've got our first interesting half-hearted attempt at empathy of the season with uh, Joe Rosebars, the CEO of Blue State, and uh, somebody who's helping. <laughs> who's being taken away by the authorities as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> for the crime of bad content. <laughs> Uh, he uh, he joined us uh, for a really really fun chat uh, yesterday, uh, so it's a little bit dated. Um, I'll explain uh, specifically how in a few moments. But Toby, let's go around the horn. Okay. Um, you're pretty distracted, so I'm going to go first. 
<laughs> I'll just keep talking until the Indians have won the game, and then you can join join back in again. You may be talking all day. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about baseball crowds for a second. Oh. Um, I, I feel uh, a bit more um, willing to 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 praise the the New York Mets, given that. Uh, Washington defeated them in the third game and avoided the sweep. Uh, finished about half an hour ago, so I'm I'm feeling a lot better about the Mets. But this whole three-game series, the Mets are coming off this incredible run. Um, they've they've now won I think 13 of the last 15. It was 13 of the last 14 before today. Um, you do the math. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and the the crowd at these three games. Uh, City Field has been absolutely bananas. It's been completely playoff baseball. Grand Slam! <laughs> Carlos Santana. Grand Slam. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta even look at uh, this. <laughs> Listener, oh. Toby is doing a dance. Okay, I'm done. Um, I'm sure the, the crowd are not going crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I think the game, crowd is... Minnesota it's a target quiet, field, yeah. but uh, the 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 crowd at City Field has been absolutely crackers. It literally cheering their asses off when there is the second out at the bottom of the third um, inning, um, and it's it's just been very very impressive. And it, it kind of um, I noticed that there's been a few of these recently. Uh, Battery mates uh, listener Peter Bondi tweeted us a video of. Um, uh, the the Marlins new new player Diaz uh, yeah. scoring his first is it first hit or first home run home run and his both. family yeah. was it was both his family was sitting in front of Peter uh, who videoed their reaction it was extremely <laughs> adorable um, and then uh, another Bachelor mates listener Kelly Craft uh, t- tweeted us a video of um, four thousand uh, scouts Cub Scouts you know like scout you you have the scouts in America, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, I never paid that Wait, much is it? It's an international it. thing, or is it? I assumed it was just an American thing. No, the British invented it. Go fuck yourself. They invented the Cub Scouts. Yes. Okay. Yes. I... So Baden Powell invented it. He's from Dorset in the south of England. I mean, I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to argue with you about this. I don't. I, I don't I'm, know I'm anything right. about this. <laughs> right, right. Well, Baden, Baden Powell invented it, and um, it, I knew it was international, but I didn't know it was America. Anyway, four thousand of these kids went to an Orioles game, and every, every time the uh, the player out in left field did anything at all, all four thousand of them went absolutely <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> the video of it is so funny. I just, I love watching baseball, and it's calm and sedate, and it's you know. You can you can have a day, but there isn't anything better than baseball crowds going bonkers. is It's really 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 good fun, and you know hats off to the Mets over this last last series. They've been yeah. they've been bringing it. Well, and you know I had a, a friend of the a podcast um, and a friend of mine um, was in New York this weekend and went. Uh, his name's Pat, and he was in. He's a Mets fan and went to a game yesterday, and said he hasn't been to City Field when it was that. Um, you know, he doesn't live in New York, but he hasn't been to City Field at a time when it was that electric. Uh, he felt like the fans yeah. were really, really into it. But I, I went to a game well, with you at City Field against the Nationals where they walked off, and it, that place was pretty yeah. rolling then. Yeah, they, they, when, when they're in a good mood, 
they really can pop off. And the last, the, the first two games of the series were um, both come from behind. Uh, Friday's was a walk off, and yesterday's was um, the taking the lead at the bottom of the eighth after a come from behind. So those are those are that's an exciting win, way to win win baseball. Um, I'm just glad it didn't um, sweep because after each of the two games, which for me started at um, half past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't watching them, um, and I, you know, I, I sometimes wake up in the night if if um, Lily's upset about something or whatever. And I check the score, and and on both occasions, on in both games, I woke up halfway through the game and checked the score, and we were winning the games. And then the next time I woke up at like two a.m. Eastern, seven a.m. Oh, for me, God. I woke up. I woke up to a text message from Joe Rospars on both occasions, uh, <laughs> uh, gloating in, uh, you know, a thoughtful and and interesting but still very obnoxious uh, way. <laughs> that was how I found found out. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, I will I will I will be texting him something obnoxiously gloating in the middle of the night his time. <laughs> I, I'm going to save it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, can, they really you can schedule it. I think. <laughs> Um, we, you don't need to, but, uh, uh, that's, yeah, I, I, I do have one of, I don't have a lot of around the horn. I am pretty distracted, but I'm a little, my, my blood pressure is down quite a bit. Um, I just want to follow up on our last, the subject of our last podcast, uh, uh, Puig. Uh, I, I don't know how, I mean, I've known he's a fun player for a while now, but when he's on your team, holy crap, is he fun. Um, and I imagine if he's on a team you're playing, he really is obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> it, on Friday's game, twice, he went from first to third and on, on his way from second to third, like turned and waved at the person who had the ball, <laughs> uh, essentially <laughs> saying, you're not going to throw me out. <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty amazing. Was, he has so much fun out there and it's kind of a it's a, it's it's when it's on again when it's on your team it's one of those things you're just like I I just want to eat it up um, uh, and I, I you know we should do, I want to do an in depth interview with Jeff Gabriel about the the highs and lows of having Yasiel Puig on your team but um, I feel like he'd be a good source um, on that uh, but it's just been phenomenal watching him having him in the in in a Cleveland uniform he had a ball yesterday that went about I think 455 feet. Um, and just like look effortless, you know, he, it, it doesn't look like he make, he's so strong and so fast. He beat, Oh, he also beat out a ground ball to short, like a routine ground ball to short, a normal ground ball. He just beat it out. Um, and I don't know how that's possible, but he like the, the, the Eddie Rosario or not Eddie Rosario, um, Jorge Polanco took an extra step and that was all it took. <laughs> Yasiel Puig beat, beat out the grounder. Anyway, Puig, uh, uh, is your friend, as they say. Make um, baseball fun again. Exactly. And but a player that's actually good at baseball, making baseball fun again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was for you. Um yeah, 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 thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um well that actually that actually comes up. I know you haven't had a chance to listen yet, but um that comes up in the interview with, with Joe. Uh we uh should we get into that or do you want to do a word from our sponsor first? Let's do a word from our sponsor. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Tom Steyer for president. You see, we're in a little bit of a pickle. Tom's a billionaire who's shown he's not afraid to light his money on fire for a good cause. 
We were kind of banking on not having to raise money for this whole running for president thing. But the DNC has made it a requirement for anyone who wants to be on the debate stage to get to 130,000 individual donors. Which is pretty disrespectful to self-funding billionaires, if you ask me. So it's your turn to light your money on fire for what we swear is a good cause. Donate a dollar to Tom Steyer for president and help get Tom Steyer on the debate stage where we swear he belongs. Tom Steyer for president, everybody. Well, well uh, I've always been pretty leery of uh, uh, billionaires interfering <laughs> in uh, politics and lighting their money on fire doing so. But I have to say that I've, I've reconsidered that and think that I'm wrong. And uh, billionaires are giving us their money uh, to advertise. Um, I don't want to great. I don't want to reveal how much they thing. spent for that advertisement. Um, but I, I have to say it's in the six figures per listener. So um, I, I can't imagine how many people are going to donate. Um, but that's how that's how desperate. I mean, and everybody, he's yeah. not alone. They're all desperate to get on the debate stage. I mean, it's pretty much over if you're not up there, right? We, we don't print a rate card for our advertising, but let's just say that he's no longer a billionaire. <laughs> oh, Matthew, Matthew, I see uh, you relocated so- to the beach again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so it sounds like the ocean it really does uh yeah there's the fan the on my mac i should spend some of our sponsorship money on buying a better computer at some point no you, the, the 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 sound you can see behind me is actually the desolation of britain uh hey <laughs> brexit joke um so let's let's have this um let's have this interview with, with joe um i uh, i spoke to him yesterday um, we talked about the Mets. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, politics, but not too much. I know we don't want to get into an endorsement until much, much closer into um, um, the primary season. Um, but let's just say I had a plan for what I wanted to talk to Joe about. Before we go, before we go to the interview here, just a quick note. I it's worth noting that we didn't wait four seasons to have one of our favorite baseball fans, Joe, Joe Rosebars, on the program. I mean, technically we did. But um, we, we had him interviewed. We, it was a really good, fun interview with both of us. What was it, 2016, 2015? I think it was 15. It was, it was the first season of Battery Mates. It was in the first season. He was one of the first people we asked to be on the show. And um, it, was still, it was so early that the technology hadn't caught up to our enthusiasm. Or we hadn't caught up to the technology. One of the two. And what happened was... It was the program we, this is getting way too technical, but the program we use, um, you had to restart every time you added a new, uh, added a new guest to the program. So when we dialed him in, it automatically shut off the recording. Now, that would have been fine. However, uh, we didn't notice until after the interview was done. It was well after the interview was done, when I was going to re- edit the interview. Um, so uh, it's been a little bit of a hic- it was a it's a funny story right but then uh, we had wasted basically an hour of his time. <laughs> it, it was it was a great interview um, which I think he prepared for um, and I don't think he was that amused by it <laughs> at the time. As you'll hear in the interview now, I think he is starting to see the funny side, <laughs> but not completely there. Anyway, let's take a listen.
Cool. Okay, Joe, can you can you hear me? I can. You're coming in my ears loud and clear. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great, actually, uh, <laughs> given the events of last night, which I'll not even wait for you to bring up. Uh, Do you know what? I spent, I spent a good 20 minutes during the course of today uh, preparing for this interview, and about 15 of those 20 minutes was spent trying to work out how I could introduce you without allowing you to bring up that last night's game first i obviously should have spent a lot longer uh working out uh for those people who, who don't follow um the travails of the the mets closely um uh, the mets walked the nationals off last night and i found out about that by waking up at 5 a.m uk time to a text message from joe <laughs> it was um it was emotional it was emotional were you were you there no, no, I'm uh, I'm in Boston um, for a wedding, so I was watching on MLB TV, and I thought the best way to let you know was urgently via text message, knowing the time difference between us, via a screenshot of the uh, game summary and pertinent statistics that they put up at the end on the TV broadcast. Yeah, I, I didn't, I got to be honest, I didn't look more closely than uh, the final score, because I actually woke up about halfway through the game and the nationals were were leading five to three so i was feeling pretty good about that and i saw the the score i just went straight back to sleep so anyway it's uh, it's actually worse than that uh because they got up six three and the mets came back and beat them seven six so uh you missed uh, even even more more than you than you that's great that's great to hear thank you well i, I should I, before we get uh, even further into this i properly introduce you uh joe rosebars the, the the ceo of, of blue state and also helping out on the the, the warren campaign i should declare a, an interest in that um i used to work for you joe and um uh a, a lot of my love of baseball um came from both going with Blue State colleagues to to games in in Washington, and also the the Blue State the the BSD Tools softball team, of which I still have the jersey somewhere, uh, with McGregor yeah. on the back. They're nice. They were nice jerseys. Yeah, they were nice jerseys. They declined in quality over the years <laughs> as uh, as the, the expenses of, of purchasing them racked up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. there was that there was that one first year. They were, they were, they were quite quite nice. Yeah, anyone with the anyone with the original is. Uh, Stand, stands out they're, they're really they're really good ones not buttoned down all the way down the front i like that they're kind of like 1980s oakland a style like pirates t-shirt style jerseys i, I really like them um but you, you you this is our actually our first half-hearted attempt at empathy of the season but um for those long-time listeners you were an attempted guest uh in in season one which is multiple years ago now we recorded a fantastic episode uh, and then Toby, who's not on the call and can't defend himself, uh, completely destroyed the audio, and so we, we lost it uh, to the ages. Have you have you got, still got your notes from that interview? Should we just redo it? I did have extensive typed notes in preparation for that interview, <laughs> but alas, they've been lost uh, to history. So, uh, no, sadly. Uh, uh, easy, easy pivot um, history. I, I I kind of have two questions. Um, for you, uh, which should be very simple, but hopefully you'll give quite long answers to both. The first one is why the Mets? How did you get into the Mets? What was it like rooting for the Mets growing up? And the second one is now. 
and and what's what's this season like um and 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 how do you think it's going to end and and the thread that runs through both of those questions and hopefully all of your answers is the complete clusterfuck of what it is like or i presume is like to be a mets fan because it's they're the most interesting team in baseball and i mean that in the sort of like disaster way rather than triumphant way right is that is that what it's like I, in the sense that Donald Trump is the most interesting president we've ever had. <laughs> there have been some good times though, right? Uh, there have, there, there have been um, over the years and even a, you know, a surprise run in, in 2015 um, where we got there and, and actually led in all five of the world series games, despite um, losing four. So um, it, it's been, you know, it's been a, a, an emotional roller coaster uh, being a Mets fan for nearly 40 years now. But the um, the analogy for people to understand is just uh, it's right in front of us. It's to be an American in the age of Donald Trump is the same. It's uh, it's a an organization run by venal, selfish oligarchs for the benefit of the wealthy and well connected uh, and kicking dirt in the face of everyone else. But because you were born here or decided to adopt it, you know, you root for the laundry, whether it's flying on a flagpole or being ripped off of Michael Conforto by a polar bear. Like that's that's what you root for. <laughs> when we when we in, in post production we're gonna we're gonna put the Star Spangled Banner behind that. <laughs> you said you've been rooting for the Mets almost forty years, so um, I don't know exactly how old you are, but I think you're younger than me, which means that you've been rooting for the Mets since basically you can remember. Was it a family? Is it a family thing? Yeah, the 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 baseball that I remember, I remember seeing baseball on TV and the Mets of the 85, 84, 84, 85, 86 Mets, even before I remember any anything. And um, that's partly because I grew up on Long Island, partly because my family uh, all came from Brooklyn originally and Long Island. Um, and so we were um, Dodger, a Dodgers people. And uh, I had my grandma's brother worked in the Dodgers uh, front office uh, after some bizarre clandestine service for the U.S. government uh, <laughs> in World War II uh, and in the 50s. Um, and so uh, we were always sort of Dodgers and then Mets and resenting the Yankees and uh, feeling aggrieved and, and all the rest of it. Right. Um, but, but when I was a kid, they were good. Um, and so I had, you know, the origin story of 86 is right there at the beginning of my baseball memories. I grew up going next door to the neighbor's house, you know, so that the adults could talk. I would um, sit in the den at the neighbor's house. They had a VHS cassette that was like the marketing video of what had happened in 86, which I must have watched, God, hundreds, if not <laughs> thousands of times uh, um, over and over again. And which they, which I hadn't seen and was difficult to find on YouTube, but which they wound up playing during like batting practice uh, during the 2015 uh, playoff run. And, and then in, in 2016, when they were, you know, wearing the old 86 jerseys and, um, and celebrating that team. So I got to, remember a bunch of content about Howard Johnson, Hotfoots and Roger McDowell, you know, bubblegum bubbles and things like that. Um, and also probably some assaults and terrible uh, <laughs> other things that that team was engaged in. But, um, Those were but the yeah, days. that was, 
yeah, but it's, I mean, it was very easy. I think a bunch of people in my sort of age cohort came up. It was hard. And then, you know, people forget the 88 team, you know, of the Howard Johnson, still, um, still Gary Carter, you know, that, that group was a slightly different mix than 86, but, um, but for a couple of bounces and Kirk Gibson, uh, you know, they're, they're in the world series again. That was one of those, it's one of those almost dynasty teams. Um, and when you come up playing baseball and, and loving it, um, that's, you know, and that's in your market, you know, you're, you're not likely to escape. I want to ask just very quickly about the, the Dodgers. Um, I've just been reading a book about the Irish civil war, uh, and how, <clears throat> which side you were on during the debate over the treaty with Britain that Michael hmm. Collins signed, uh, defined your politics for three generations and sort of grandchildren voted with the side that their grandparents were on during the, the treaty. Uh, is the animosity about the Dodgers move that ongoing? Or <clears throat> I guess I guess I'm, this is a very, very roundabout way of asking, do Mets fans hate Yankees fans more than anywhere else? Or is the rivalry a bit different because it's New York pride as well? It's, um, I, I would say that there's a, that there's a hatred of the Yankees, but it's sort of, uh, the hatred of, um, your big brother who's richer and more successful than you are. Um, but the, there is also resentment, like you can't help but experience going to a game in Queens, um, and looking at the Mets and understanding when the history starts without thinking about the Dodgers, you walk into the Jackie Robinson rotunda. There's a giant 42 that people are taking selfies with. And that's, you know, partly because Fred Wilpon is old and a Dodgers fan and tried to make his corporate playground um, sort of have a, a faint of resemblance to Ebbets Field or whatever. But like that site is, you know, the result of political decisions and corruption. And the reason it's hard to get there is, the same. And so when you go back and look at the decisions about the Dodgers moving, you know, it was Robert Moses and Walter O'Malley basically fighting with each other. And, uh, you know, they, they, there was a sketch and a proposal for the replacement for Ebbets Field to be put where the Barclays Center is now right, in, in Brooklyn. And so you can go and it's on like on the, um, the Walter, Walter O'Malley's family or estate or whatever has a website, but you can go through like a lot of his papers on there and you can see the sketch of where it would be. I mean, it would be at, like, it would be at, at the end of the street that I live on uh, would be where, you know, Dodger stadium would be had it not been for Robert Moses sort of having the, you know, flushing redevelopment uh, vision, God. which is like, like fine. But if you think about like how other cities experience baseball, yeah, like, Pittsburgh or even Washington, but also Baltimore and others like Brooklyn, you know, it's weird that there's no baseball in the middle of Brooklyn. It's weird. And a result of artificial political corruption that it sits, you know, at by the airport in Queens and all the way down in Coney Island. I thought that um, I hated Robert Moses because he was a car maniac racist, but this is another <laughs> one to add to the list. I, I didn't, I never yeah. knew that. I, I mean, it was when I lived in Red Hook going to, um, City Field. I mean, it, I could get to Philadelphia in the same amount of time. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's absolutely crackers. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a, you know, it's a transportation uh, mess when you have to genuinely consider if the best way to get there is by boat. 
yeah. But did they used to they used to have a boat and then they cancelled it, didn't they? They did. Delta ran a I guess I, I don't know what it was about, but they had a, like a one dollar shuttle from the Manhattan piers to uh, to City Field. The, but, I don't think the expanded New York taxi New York water taxi service is going around there yet, but it seems like it could be it could be something where people can go from Brooklyn to um, to Flushing sometime soon if they keep expanding the way they have out to because now you can take the ferry to the Rockables, um, right? And it's a great a great thing to do. So maybe soon. Um and. So you can remember '86. I I can remember the the four maybe five years that that Norwich were were really really good, challenging for titles, uh, cup finals, um, which were the first years I was a, a fan. And I it took me a really really long time to realize that wasn't normal, despite everyone telling me. Did you have that same experience of the kind of '90s just being horrendously depressing? Yeah, I mean, I, I I kept going, and but in high school, I even fell out with baseball, and so the the teams of the late '90s that were actually pretty good, like the '99 team and the 2000 Subway Series team, like I was in college and abroad, and it kind of went past me, um, and it was only sort of later on, you know, 2006, seven, as I sort of settled down um, a little bit that. I got back to, to baseball, which I think I think is a common thing. You know, a lot of people lose touch um, a little bit during uh, during college and, and the first years out doing things. But um, you know, the, but the other thing is like, how do you how do you know if you really remember what you remember? Like seeing the seeing the footage of that thirty minute um, you know marketing <laughs> video that they put out sometime in nineteen eighty seven. Um, you know, it makes you question, like, how much do I, re- how much do I really remember of 1986? Or do I just remember watching this video over and over, you know, at my neighbor's house? Like, there's a sort of, is this, is this the propaganda, you know, successfully having seeped in? Or is this, you know, like, I, I you know, if you're five years old, you don't remember a game by game, um, a, a, you know, that kind of thing. And my, my siblings were all in high school. I, I kind of remember them going, I don't think any but he dragged me to get, you know, like you don't really like the first Mets game that I can remember is, you know, 87, 88. So um, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, which I think actually only makes it, you know, sort of this more, uh, you know, mystical thing in your head uh, that happened. And that is part of your story and the thing that you care about, but like, are you part of it? Are you not part of it? You know, who knows? Getting kids involved. I found quite hard. I, I took Lily, Lily's only uh, baseball game was at City Field. Um, she didn't yeah. watch very much and she's getting much chattier now. Um, and the other day, there was a day game on that I put on and she walked over to Mary and said, only daddy likes baseball, which was uh, <laughs> quite, a, quite a, a low blow. Um, even worse than that, she deliberately um two weeks ago went to her closet and picked out the uh number 34 Bryce Harper jersey that I bought her three years ago just before she was born uh and wanted to wear it all day and, and I, I didn't want her to <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I I went to the shop and bought some um packing tape to stick over the the, the name so I don't think yeah, that is I, there is- is there some journeyman reliever now who's wearing number 34 for the Nationals? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard. Yeah. One of the 17 relievers we've tried out in DFA. Right. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't just think... a, a 
piece of masking tape and just write Fernando Rodney. <laughs> I honestly think Lily would be a big addition to our bullpen at the moment. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think, I don't think the, the episode helped uh, her really get into into the game. But um, I want to I want to fast forward a little bit. Um, 2015, um, because to me. Um, because you know, I've talked about this a ton of times. I'm like nine years old in in baseball years because I only went to my first game in like 2008, nine, and only really started following properly in 2011 when I was busy and couldn't really keep up. And so, 2015 is the only time I've ever seen the Mets do well, um, or, or really paid attention to it. And it kind of felt like they came out of nowhere. The Nationals were really dominant in the NL East then. Uh, over over several years and it was only really around like late august early september that the mets really started motoring and you absolutely destroyed us at the turning point game um when the nats were six nothing up on my birthday and uh <laughs> lost the game so that's seared into my memory is that is that right i mean because i don't follow the mets as closely was that was it that a bigger a year yeah i mean they were they they were um you know, a strike away in 2006. They had some epic collapses in 2007 and eight, but in terms of, you know, getting there and motoring through a couple of playoff series, obviously that was, um, 2015 was amazing. And I remember, um, I remember that run, you know, the Cespedes and, and the rest of it, um, in that back half of 2015, but, you know, like we work in politics, we've worked on campaigns and I think the way to understand the NL East in 2015 is less the Mets sort of doing anything miraculous and more the utter collapse of their opponents, right? Like that was a Washington collapse, not a, right. not something special with the Mets. And you can't understand the Mets getting through that. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was the, the NL East was um, more put away than the wild card. Like the wild card teams had better records than, <laughs> than the Mets or were close, right? Um, just because the NL East fell apart and the Mets wound up on the top of a of a tiny trash heap, but that tiny trash heap meant that they had home field advantage in the division series and um, managed to, to pull that out from the Dodgers because anything can happen in these short series. Um, the genuine shock of 2015 was the sweep of the Cubs in the NLCS. Like it was, that was genuinely shocking to me. And then it was like, Oh gosh, now here we're, here we go. Um, and then obviously the terrible, uh, very, the most Mets type of World Series to happen, where you lead in all the games and lead in five games and manage to lose. I mean, um, it, four it, of them. it was pretty peak in a in a in a, a several over the last few years. I don't think there's a, any team that has been more Metsy than the Mets. <coughs> to coin a phrase, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Um, yeah. But but that that World Series loss just felt pretty peak Mets. And where do you go from there? I mean, you're giving it a bit of a go over the last uh, 18 months, but it's still a pretty incredible, incredible thing to do. Yeah, I, I think, though, that the 2015 experience really felt like playing with house money, though, yeah. because nobody expected to be there, you know, more than three months before you were there. So, like, obviously, it's a terrible piece of the narrative, but I do feel, you know, like it feels like net net of the whole thing ah, we got to the world series that was fun <laughs> sweeping the cubs like put away yeah. the dodgers got to go see some playoff baseball that was the first um full season 
um, after I got married. So I got to, um, you know, take my uh, now wife to bunch of games and that she came to all of the playoff games and um came to the world series <laughs> came to the she, one world she now thinks that that's normal yeah yeah um <laughs> but that was you know that was great um that was great for us because like you she's british and didn't know anything about any of this um but now she you know she still talks a little too much about curtis granderson <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> We're trying to familiarize her with the with the the polar bear Pete Alonso and uh, the squirrel Jeff McNeil and and Marcus Stroman who um, who we got at the deadline and who pitched beautifully yesterday and um, was in the in the post game press conference after the Mets walk off win against the Washington Nationals uh, hours ago before we're recording this for anyone just tuning in um, we uh, we got to see Marcus Stroman in the locker room his civilian. Uh, garb going into the locker room and going home was a Daryl Strawberry 1986 jersey. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Um, and so I've got high hopes, like, you know, I've got high hopes for Marcus Stroman uh, with, of course, the caveat, like the authors of the majority in Bush v. Gore, I don't expect to be held accountable for any of the ridiculous things that I'm saying here uh, after the Mets have won 14 out of 15. So a, a couple more things. The f- first one is um, just what, 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 um, the Mets doing this year? They were they were so terrible for a, a huge chunk of this season, and I'm saying that as a Nationals fan. So that that's how terrible the Mets were, right down to like unbelievably pathetic manager meltdowns in the in the clubhouse. And then they like a, the weirdest trade deadline that that of of all of the teams. No one was, was expecting what they did, and now they've gone on this on this like absolutely crazy run. What, what, what is happening? What, what are they doing? It's interesting. I well, I think we should start by saying whatever they're doing that's working is for sure by accident, <laughs> because it's a bunch of terrible people running the organization. Um, the general manager is uh, a former player agent, Brody Van Wagenen, who sort of became buddies with um, the son of the owner. Um, the owner, uh, Fred Wilpon, his son, Jeff Wilpon, is uh, the most involved ownership person in any MLB organization um, and makes a lot of decisions, refuses to be held accountable by uh, fans or the media. And his buddy, Bray, is now the GM and is fulfilling his uh, life aspirations. You can tell through his Twitter handle, GMB, <laughs> you know, uh, BVW. Uh, which is like, okay. So he, you know, had a lot of preseason social media content of himself hitting in the batting cage and other ridiculous things that, you know, um, that no, uh, that no actual professional placed in such a position uh, as part of their career trajectory of success would do. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it looked like they had an interesting insight around the trade deadline to corner the pitching market. So you get Stroman and that means, that all the starting pitching needs to come through you and even some of the relief pitching given Seth Lugo and, um, and Edwin Diaz. But, um, but then also they're crazy. So they couldn't get good deals even though they had cornered the market. And so now what was grounded in probably some agent based insight, you know, that you're like, oh, okay, let's corner the market and make everybody come to us was foiled by, venal doltish ownership you know uh refusing probably reasonable deals for people like cinder or diaz 
that would have helped the team in the long term. But that means that the net of it is um, over um, overstocked starting pitching um, and still a decent playoff ready bullpen. If you don't get to the back of it between Gaselman Lugo and and Diaz, I, I don't want to mention Familia because he's both bad at baseball and a bad person. But um, you know, it's it's there. The, the pieces are there. People have some people have gone down with injury, like Dom Smith, who um, had been getting actually good, and uh, Robinson Cano, who is good. But um, you know, there is there is something there. It's, uh, yeah, Young, younger than both of us. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so you know you could you could see a short rest of season with some momentum um them getting somewhere i think they're um at the cusp of the wild card um if they win this if they sweep this series with the nationals they'll be in second place um and in a wild card position most likely so you know at, at a certain point it's like ugh, there's only so many games and anything can happen like game on um, they don't, but just to be clear, they, um, as always do not deserve anything and are bad people <laughs> and, um, deserve to be sad. Uh, I, I think that, that sums up most of the NL East. Um, I, I predicted that the division would be incredibly close and felt like a moron for the first hundred games of the season, but we're now in a position where, um, you, you know, Assuming that the Braves are catchable, the top four teams in the division are, are in the wild card race, which is which is pretty wild. <laughs> that pun intended. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and honestly, you know, the Phillies have, have warmed back up again, um, and the, and the Braves the Braves are not racing off into the distance. So it's it's not impossible you could have a, a four way race for the for the division title going all the way into September at least. Yeah, and it is worth something to be focused on that race and to be able to play there because you're not worrying about the other um, teams in the other divisions getting hot. So um, the wild card is meant to be the last dregs of the of the thing, but the NL East is generally just so bad that um, it's a it's a better prize because it's a division win and it's worth having. Um, so we'll see. But um, I don't know if the Braves are catchable. We'll we'll see. Um, but you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've... Well, also the Braves don't deserve to be happy either. Like they're no. doing all this terrible stuff on the uh, international free agent market, yeah, and there's also but... like racism is endemic in their entire ethos and brand. Yes, yes, that yes. that too. I, I um I, I uh, uh, kind of hate the Phillies anyway, but now Bryce Harper's there. I do really really hate them, but um, it's kind of with the Braves is business before pleasure. Like they have to be <laughs> dealt bad times for our values and our ethos as a, as a nation. Um, Philadelphia, that's just a kind of personal grudge. Right. Are you happy though that Bryce Harper is bad? Yes. Tremendously happy. Uh, keeping <laughs> a really close eye on his stats, probably closer than I did when he was a nationals player and just really, really enjoying, um, uh, you know, every every aspect of it, I like follow the strikeout rate uh, uh, chase. You know, he's he's still up there. Has a real chance of being the number one most uh, strikeouts in in the in the uh, all of major league. Um, and also, like literally searching on Twitter for uh, video clips of him being booed by Phillies fans. Um, it's it's uh, I mean, it's pathetic, but it, it gives me a huge amount of joy. Is he being heckled in supermarkets? 
<laughs> I don't think he goes to supermarkets because he's so much too important for that. You don't you don't hold out for three hundred and thirty million dollars to then go to grocery shopping. Um, I, I want to ask about the campaign trail because obviously we're we're a pretty political um, uh, podcast, and we'd love to hear about uh, uh, ways in which uh, people are, are trying to uh, keep up with baseball. Um, we're a long way out from from the election, but I know you're doing a little bit of traveling. Uh, alongside all of your other work, um, is it is it difficult that when you're trying to do some, uh, you know, trying to help out uh, the Warren campaign, that that's Boston and there's a, a rivalry between New York and Boston, or is it not really coming up? I I don't think that there's a, a rivalry between New York and Boston because on the record, you know, the Mets at least um defeated Boston in 86 and defeated them in the first game ever at, at City Field which was an exhibition before the um the opening game at City Field that they that the Mets managed to lose so i think Mets fans have a particular um exemption to the Boston New York rivalry when it's you know when the Yankees are at um Fenway Park i root for the Red Sox um and uh yeah i think it's it's great and you know the traveling and, and being either on the road or in Boston a lot, you know, your MLB, like it's nice not to be blacked out from watching. On your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like the one upside of moving to England was I have That's no right. blackouts at all. It, it still does that kind of like testing where you are. Oh, we've decided that you're in his own. Yeah. No shit. I'm in the fucking different continent. You morons. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And, uh, haven't been to, uh, Fenway a ton, but obviously that's a, a fantastic baseball experience and, um, really enjoy it. So, um, it's, it's not bad. I, I would like to try to get to, um, some minor league baseball, you know, along the campaign trail, uh, or even major league baseball, but, um, everything's, uh, yeah, it's a bit nuts at the moment. So you're lucky if you, um, you know, if you get a, an hour to, to check in on the game that's going on. Right, 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 right. Well, um, I, let's wrap it up. I, I, I don't want to say good luck, but um, the, the Mets um, are, are so bad that it's endearing. And if it can't be the Nationals, given how horrendous the Braves are and how disgusting Philadelphia is and how much I hate Derek Jeter, I mean, it really is, um, you know, the lesser of four evils. For, for the Mets to come through. And it's it's fun to watch because it's so disheveled and so bizarre that you, you're managing to string it all together. I hope, obviously, the Nationals win tonight and, and tomorrow. But um, if if it's not going to be the Nationals, I, I you know, in the classic Stalin versus Hitler thing, go with Stalin in every situation, <laughs> do you? <laughs> and, and I think the reverse is true uh, for me, if only that um, the ch- if the Mets are out of it, um, and the Nats are through. The chances that I will be able to attend a playoff baseball game uh, increase slightly uh, if it's in Washington rather than uh, Miami or Philadelphia. Yeah, so I'm pretty pretty sure it's not going to be in Miami. But <laughs> <laughs> Joe, um, I um, I hesitate to say it's been great having you on because I'm going to hit stop on uh, recording and check this has actually worked this time. Uh, but if it has, it's been great having you on. If it hasn't. Um, we'll just pretend that it has worked and, and we'll couple something together and stick it out. But thank you very much for taking the time. Fantastic. Uh, keep up great work and uh, hope to see you soon. Well, I think I was worth waiting five years for. 
Um, <laughs> um, I, maybe I, Joe doesn't feel that way, but but I do. I I I you know I I I kind of didn't pick the Nationals because I uh, just lived there, and you, you know where I come from, you root for the team that your dad roots for, or the team where you where you live. But um, I I do slightly um, um, regret not having moved to New York before DC because I do as annoying as they can be when they beat the nationals which happens more frequently than i would like they are a fun team uh they are so bad but in their badness they are genius and when they do well their fans are amongst the funnest in in baseball so you know it's, we we have a lot of mets fans um in our in our double figures listenership and uh they're they're all they're all good value um, but it was just, it was really, really good to finally get Joe on the show to, to give us his perspective. Yeah. I'm really happy that, that Joe, Joe decided to come back to the show. I, I you know, um, it would have been totally understandable if he would have been, had, had, uh, gone after that experience, just saying, you know what? Um, it was good being friends with you all. Um, <laughs> but that, that's enough. I, I think I've had the most I'm going to get out of this relationship. Um, well, he put us on the naughty step for five years. It was five years coaxing and persuading, <laughs> trying to get him back on. So Four many years. edible arrangements um, we sent his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> so um, we we are going to try and get back onto the midweek schedule. Um, might not be this week because I've got travel for, for work, but we'll try and be back on the midweek schedule the week after um i'm i'm also um uh back in the football season in british that's football. right um norwich city are, are back in the premier league and we had our first game of the season this weekend we lost 4-1 to liverpool well, it's a but tough start though right i mean that's a tough team to that is that is as hard as it gets right um uh, the, the crazy thing is we lost 4-1 but we are currently 16th in the league of 20 because huh. four other teams lost even worse than we did. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm frankly, I'd be happy to end the season right now and, <laughs> and take 16th place. That is not in the relegation zone. And so I will, I will, happily, I will happily take that. Well, but, you know, the we, Orioles we lost 23 down. to nothing or 23 to two yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, we didn't do that. It, we were 4 0 down at half time. And, and honestly, it was looking like 22 nothing could have been the full time score. But um, we came out in the second half and we're absolutely motoring and we kind of held our own which bodes really well if you can kind of go toe-to-toe with with liverpool even just for a half after they bad you in the first half that was a that is a good sign but um you know next up we've got newcastle who are, who are gonna really really struggle in this uh, season so we need to get that win well i'll be rooting for you um and in other news we just finished the game we won seven to three um so we perfect. are tied for perfect first place timing. right now perfect timing Perfect timing. And on that on that bombshell. On that <laughs> shag those balls. Shag those balls, y'all. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> okay, that's it. That's all I needed. <laughs> okay. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, <laughs> have you? Have you? Have you? <laughs> okay, let's just let's just start recording because um, uh, <laughs> this is this is all good stuff. <laughs>